Welcome, everybody, to The Bargain Den. Uh, it's a very, very special episode this week. Is it? Not really. Well, I'm Brandon. Well, I mean, we're here, so it's special. And That's I'm Donna. I um, mean, yeah, this is The Bargain Den. Why is it a special episode this week? Because we're here. Well, we're always here. Good. Wait, <laughs> what do you... What, here how? Like, it's it's always a special episode because it's oh, the bargain in. So you're just the general specialness of being special. Right. Oh, and okay. of listening to the bargain in. It's also a morning episode. We haven't, I don't know, it's been a minute since we've recorded um, this early. It and has. I said morning, it's one o'clock in the <laughs> afternoon. But um, I guess just with light out, we're drinking coffee. All right. Um, there's it's a coffee vibe. Coffee you vibe. Can, Coffee mm. breath, if you yeah. can smell it, yum, that's yum, what, yum. yeah, imagine it. Okay, good. Now I put you in both audio displeasantry and <laughs> a, um, what's not, what are nose? What's a nose? Oh, oh, olfactory. Olfactory hell. <laughs> oh, 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 olfactory hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. It's a smelly car shop here. Is it? No, it's pretty pleasant. See, I like the smell of fresh brewed coffee, and if that outweighs, like, you'd have to be really, really close to have that coffee breath issue. I guess. We're, we're pretty far away. <laughs> yes, we don't. We don't. We, <laughs> I tell Brandon he must stay at least five feet from me at all times. Yep. So. Fortunately, I have a five foot, I have a ten foot wingspan is the joke I meant to make, and so... <laughs> I just have to reach out my hand, and if I'm close to Donna, if I, if I hit her shoulder, then I know i got to take a step back. Uh-huh. But just kidding. This is The Bargain Den. It's where we watch <laughs> movies, and we talk about their plot line, and then we discuss whether or not they're bargain movies, because we got them out of bargain bins and the like, and so we need to decide whether or not they earned that title to be a bargain movie. Are they frugal? Do they embody what it means to be a frugal film? So this week, uh, we watched a little a little film called The Edge of Love. Yes, 2008's The Edge of Love. Everybody remember? With Tom Cruise, um, where he dies a bunch of times over and over again. Just kidding. That was The Edge <laughs> of Tomorrow. Also known oh, okay. as Live, Die, Repeat. Really? Yeah, they had to change the title. I don't remember which one. It, I think it went from... I don't know, I'll probably get it wrong. But, like, they, they literally had posters and stuff with one title, and then when it came out on DVD, it got... I think it was originally Edge of Tomorrow, and then they rebranded it as Live, Die, Repeat. No, that sounds like it's the other way, because yeah, that Live, Die, Repeat's really dumb. I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Anyway, case in point, um, this is all bullshit that I'm talking about. Because we watched The Edge of Love, and if you wanted to watch this movie, um, then hold up, wait a minute, put a little love in it, because... <laughs> we're gonna spoil it so just a heads up with spoil that spoil it yeah and uh just a heads up so uh is there anything else you want to say before we get into it um i got really excited when i pulled this movie out because it has kira knightley in it are you a big kira knightley fan look okay anyone who's seen pirates of the caribbean 
loves Keira Knightley. I think that's just a fact. Okay, so I've seen Pirates of the Caribbean, and I, there was nothing wrong with Keira Knightley. I just wasn't, I wasn't particularly, like, I was just like, oh yeah, it's Keira Knightley from the Pirates movies. Well, she's gorgeous. Okay, okay. And she's such a fun actress. Like, she's so expressive. She does so have a expressive. fun face, yeah. She, yeah. Her face is, it makes, she makes faces very quickly and, and with ease. yeah. I just, she's just, I, I like her a lot. Okay. I enjoy watching her, and I haven't seen a lot of her stuff. What? Just a little bit of a trivia for my end of things. I always get Kira Knightley and Kirsten Dunst mixed up. Just the name? Just the people, and I used to. I get it, I'm better now. Mm-hmm. I'm like Kirsten Dunst and the Dunst and Knightley. Knightley, I would get Kirsten Dunst and <laughs> Kira Knightley mixed up. <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> Um, okay, uh, well, now that we've put a lot of focus on Keira Knightley, let's talk about the movie a little bit. Yeah, it's also got uh, Cillian Murphy, who played the, the Scarecrow in the Batman movie. Dude, I actually think I like him a whole lot, too. Yeah, <laughs> I actually think I like him as well. He was in the Inception Dude, they and were, the others. Dude, there were a couple in this movie, and that was... They were a couple, or there were a couple? They, well... Let's talk about it. (laughs) Okay. So it starts out with... uh, Can I just say all the actor names? Because I don't remember. That's fine. Yeah. Well... Vera. Vera was Keira Knightley's character. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't that hard. Um, So basically (laughs) we've got two couples. I'm just going to lay this down real quick so we can kind of keep everyone straight. Um, We've got Vera... Mm-hmm. Who ends up coupling with, um, Cillian Murphy? Who's William? William, yeah. So Vera and William. Vera and William, mm-hmm. and then we've also got Catelyn or Cat mm-hmm. and Dylan Thomas and Dylan. Mm-hmm. Um, Dylan's a poet and he's also a player, and so he has been with Vera. When they in were, the past, yeah, when they were kids, she was fifteen and he was like probably like sixteen or something. I don't know, but yeah, they they they, they have history. They have history. Um, also, this takes place during World War World War World War World War Two. Um, hello, cats! You came running in with such vigor. <laughs> Goodness, um, she said World War Two. <laughs> what? Yeah, both our cats are big WWII uh, buffs. No, it takes place in uh, the United Kingdom, uh, particularly in Wales. Um, am I right? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, but during World War Two, World War Two. I can't say that. Ah, anyway. Um, it takes place there and then. <laughs> and yeah, these two couples. Uh, Keira Knightley is a, uh, like a, like a show singer, basically mm-hmm. entertaining the troops. Not just, just by singing. Pretty. Yeah, yeah, singing, being pretty. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dylan Thomas, the poet, is reintroduced to her life. The whole movie, it has to be, it has to have been written with the idea of like a play or like a Shakespearean play in mind, because people don't talk normally in this movie. Am I? I'm not like. I think a lot of it too is they. It was a very timepiece kind of thing, like. It was felt more than a timepiece because it's like everything that everybody said was like poetic. Well, I didn't necessarily think so. I mean, 
There were times when the two ladies would be chit-chatting and it wasn't poetic at all. I felt it to be very poetic. But then, you know, they would both make fun of Dylan, the poet, and talk really poetic sometimes, you know? Yeah, but I don't know. I just... It didn't feel natural. It, it felt like... Mm. I mean, like, not in a bad way. It just... Everything felt... Just to set the scene for it, it was... It felt like a movie within a movie. Like, mm. that's what I had described it as, was... It felt like... It was like, oh, we let's watch this World War II romance movie, and then this is playing. Because it was, like, so... Like, beautiful looking, like, overtly so, and, like... Uh... It's very theatrical to me. Everything that was said felt theatrical. Anywho. Mm-hmm. Um, Vera and Dylan have reacquainted. Yeah. And it seems like maybe there's something gonna go on, like right. a little spark of love. But then um, Dylan's wife, Cat, Cat uh, shows up and... Vera's really upset at first, but her and Kat end up being best really good friends. friends. Yeah, best the friends. The bestest of friends. Bestest friends. Um, and eventually, they, the three of them end up living together. But then enter William, and William fancies Vera, um, and finally kind of convinces her to go on a date. Um, and they have sex, and then um, it's very clear that, like, yeah, Dylan's kind of a, plays the field, so to speak, but he uh, he can't commit. He wants everybody to himself kind yeah. of thing, but not to be beholden to anybody. Anyway, though, um, then William gets shipped off to war, and so he wants to marry Vera, and so he does, and then gets shipped off to war. And then, guess who's pregnant? Vera. <laughs> also, Dylan and Kat have a kid as well. Yeah, so... um, Not during this time, they just already had one. So, Dylan and Vera had grown up together in Wales, and when Vera finds out that she's pregnant and her husband is obviously not there to help, um, she decides she wants to move back to Wales. Kind of in a panic, because she's like, "I I don't know if he's dead or not, I'm still getting his checks, but... Right, and also, we find out that um, William's checks from fighting in the war mm-hmm. are basically supporting both families. Yeah. Vera, as well as Cat, Dylan, and their son. Yeah, you don't find that out until, like, much later, though. But but basically, that's what... And the whole time, um, most of the movie, Cat and Dylan are living in Vera's apartment. Right. Like, she's basically been supporting them, or at least helping Mm-hmm. Um, but when they move back to Wales, they have these two houses kind of across from each other, and that's where they're raising um, Kat's son and Vera's little baby son. There's about three or four years between them, mm-hmm. roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of fighting between Kat and Dylan. Dylan's a moody poet. He's not very helpful around the house, but then when things are good, it's very romantic and fun. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the town of Wales is also kind of a talk because, um, basically it looks as though these two women share this man, Dylan, you know, and there's a baby involved and... And the whole town knows that Vera's husband is fighting in the war, so it's very scandalous. And it feels as though their son, William and Vera's son, is actually Dylan's son. Um, but... 
but at the whole time Dylan is sleeping with other people and so is um Kat. But again, I I unless it's I misunderstood it. Dylan and Vera never in that time got together. Right. Um until at one point until one fateful, one fateful day. day. Whenever um Kat comes to no, it was before this. Um again, Kat's been sleeping around as well. She ends up getting pregnant. And doesn't know who the father is, so um, Vera helps out, and they get an abortion. I think, um, so Vera and Dylan end up having sex once. Right, that's what that Just is. Just once. It was before that, yeah. Um, and then literally right afterwards is when Kat opens up to Vera that she's pregnant and she wants to get an abortion. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, Vera just got a letter that her husband's coming home, mm-hmm. at least temporarily. Um, so shit's hitting the fan all at once. So even though Vera promised Kat that she'd she'd tell her if she ever did sleep with Dylan, mm-hmm. she didn't tell her because she was trying to be a supportive friend at the time that she's getting an abortion. And also my husband's coming back, who I spent, like, assumingly probably like two years not cheating on, and then finally slipped up and cheat on, like... Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and also at one point, Kat gets into a bicycle wreck, and that's what kind of prompts her to be like, you tell me if... She doesn't sound like that, but you tell me if... <laughs> she's not like an old man. You tell me if you slept with Dylan, right? <laughs> um, and uh, then William comes back, and William has PTSD. Hardcore. Yeah, very much so. He, uh is not reacclimating to civilian life at all. Throughout the movie, you see some pretty grotesque scenes of him at war, like kind of cutting back and forth, but yeah, it, it played a big effect on him, and um, it's just very awkward and uncomfortable. He can't look at his son. He um, also suspects that his son is actually Dylan's son and that Vera's right. been cheating, even though that was not the case per se, but Vera doesn't have much of a leg to stand on because she did cheat the once. Yeah. Um, And so he ends up going, William ends up going to a bar, getting drunk, finds Dylan and all of his um, kind of like artsy friends because he's a poet. And so there's all these people who are like criticizing the war and basically having no association with what it's like to be at war. And uh, William kind of loses it on this woman. And he's like, you don't know anything about it. And so uh, I think she ends up slapping him, and then he, like, pushes oh, her. She, she says something really, really awful to him, and then he slaps her, mm. and then she scratches him. Right. In the face. And so he, he, William gets kicked out of the bar. He goes home, gets his gun and a grenade, um, and Vera tries to stop him, and she, he ends up basically hitting her in the face with the butt of his gun Knocking her the F out. Yeah. He goes outside and walks the 10 steps to <laughs> Dylan and and uh, all Kat. that. Yeah, Cat in their house. And all the friends from the bar are there drinking and having a good time. And he ends up uh, shooting up the house on the side. Uh, and uh, misses everybody, fortunately. Goes in there and there's a big scene where he's got the grenade at one point And it's a big mess. Then it it kind of de-escalates, and he leaves. And then Dylan and Kat decide to call the police on William. 
mm-hmm. who has finally just then started to kind of reacclimate to having a son and looks like he's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And then he gets the police called on. There's a trial um, where... Uh, I think the major point in the trial is that at one point, Vera talks to Dylan and is basically like, listen, I'm never, ever going to be with you again. Mm-hmm. Period. I love William. I have decided this. And if you care about me at all, you will drop the case or at least tell them, like, the truth in a good light of, like, he she just was having a hard time. He wasn't trying to kill anybody, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so Dylan turns around and tells everyone that he fully believes that it was William's intent to murder them all, mm-hmm. cold and dead in their own house, and doesn't look good. Yeah. But fortunately, because of William's peers and the fact he's a war hero, they end up letting him off, fortunately, um, and goes home. And then uh, Dylan and Kat move away. Um, And uh, there's a tender moment between Kat and uh, Vera. Vera, um, Because, you know, they were best friends. And then the movie ends. Yeah. That's the movie. I didn't like it. Real bummer of a movie, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what... Before we go the clearance aisle, here's what I didn't like about it. I didn't get what... Like... There was a lot of relationships in this movie, and I don't understand... I didn't feel connected to any of them or anybody in particular. That makes sense? Well... And see, on the flip side of it, I feel like they did a really good job of embodying the, like, awkward tension of being caught in, like, a love triangle when you actually care very deeply about everybody involved. I guess that's... You know what I mean? I guess that's true. Because it wasn't, like, an enemy thing because Kat and Vera liked each other a lot. They were best friends. So everyone was just in this super awkward situation where... Nobody didn't like anyone else. Everyone liked each other. There was just like... Complex emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe we can find some complex emotions. You sold me on it. I get it. A complex <laughs> emotions in the clearance aisle. Let's check it out. Whoa. Disgust horny. That's a complex emotion. <laughs> And we're back. And I found a lot of complex emotions. Oh, wow. None of the embarrassing ones that I said before. <laughs> um, I have breaking news. Breaking, breaking news here at the Bargain Den. Um, this is a weird set of episodes that I didn't, we didn't plan for this. It just happened. Um, I was, I kept seeing the name of the woman who played Cat and being like, that sounds really familiar and I couldn't place it. Not that cat, the other cat. <laughs> the cat in the movie. <laughs> um, good timing, honey. Um, pet cat. <laughs> her name is Sienna uh, Miller. And I was like, hmm, where is that? Now, it's because she played Katya in the interview. Really? Yes. What? What? I know. And last week we had a movie with Steve Buscemi in it. What? what? Ah! Okay, wow, she does not look like the same lady. At all, no. Holy I mean, those what? movies came out, um, let me see, hold on, quite a while apart, I think. 
Hold the dang fuck. But oh Steve, my god, it was within a year. And Steve Buscemi looks the exact fucking same. Like... <laughs> yeah, those movies came out... Yeah, Interview came out in 2007, and uh, 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 this came out in 2008. Wow. What the F, yo? Hmm. Well, because I feel like I've seen her in something, but I, I definitely... G.I. Joe. Yeah. G.I. Joe. Yep. Mm-hmm. You're, I, well, I mean, what with you no, and your... No, your I bet I saw her in American Sniper. It's been a long time, though. Mm. Might have been. Yeah, it looks like it. Anyway... Anyway, I thought that was interesting. Are you sure she was in the interview? Yeah, it's just interview. By interview. The, yeah, 2007, Katya. Oh, she was in Foxcatcher. I think she was his wife. In Foxcatcher? Yeah. This is not for anybody now. No, it's it's a Fox's Tale. That was an animated movie. No, but she was also in I'm Fox. joking. Oh. Dang it, Brandon. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, Sienna Miller. Yeah, Kira Knightley. Oh. Sorry, this is also completely separate. But she plays Camille, which we haven't seen. But we've seen a lot of, yeah. But we keep, like, we saw a big, long trailer about it in mm-hmm. one of the other Bargain movies. Yeah. I so. think Sienna Miller might, this might become a, a, a Sienna Miller, I hope I'm pronouncing her name properly, a Sienna Miller Stan podcast. She's, <laughs> she's spreading, spreading her wings all over. Well, depending on how this turns out with The Edge of Love, mm-hmm. she might become like a... Uh, Oh, what's his face? Gary Busey. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. She might become like either a Gary Busey like actress counterpart to the actor, mm-hmm. or a not frugal counterpart to the frugal. Mm. What was the interview? I think the interview or interview was frugal, right? I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But anyway, I don't know. I feel like Gary Busey, Gary Busey is like he's got reasons. Is the thing? She might just be like a champion That's for true. both sides. Anyway, though. Is this movie frugal or not frugal? Um, okay, so in my opinion, the them all living together and or close together, that's very frugal. Especially with Vera being essentially a single parent. Mm-hmm. Um, it You know, they say it takes a village. <laughs> and <laughs> I think it it was a very smart move financially and also in life Mm -hmm. to move to Wales, hometown, small town, and live with or next to each other for basically the whole movie. Um, You can help out with each other's kids. It's less expensive, especially during the time that they were all in Vera's apartment. It's a lot of money saving. True. On the other side, war. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. That's expensive. Lots of buildings (laughs) got blown up. Oh, did you say war? Yeah. Oh. What is it good for? That was the... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, war is definitely not frugal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We don't have to go any further than that. Just not a frugal <laughs> thing. Um, and then, I, I think, I just... If people... This was definitely one of those drama, romance movies where it was just like, if people would just talk a little bit more, I think things would have been averted. So another... like. Words are mm-hmm. cheap. Talk is cheap. Actions mean a lot. And yeah. they could have been frugal and just spent more on words and explained things. Mm-hmm. Like if Vera had just been like, hey, I thought you were dead, motherfucker. I'm sorry. I got lonely and I was raising a son. You didn't even know. You didn't write back to me. Yeah. Not my fault. You're here now. Let's I will do the dang thing. <laughs> Let's do it. Don't be mad at me. 
The poet dude, he's an asshole. I don't know why anybody likes him. <laughs> you're an asshole, Dylan Thomas. You're a bad person. But I'm a poet. But I'm a poet. <laughs> oh, the war is sad. Who? You? You're an idiot and a dick. Nobody should like you. He was the like least redeemable. He was the bad guy of this movie. I think that's maybe part of the problem too. Is there's nothing redeemable about him. Well, and up until the end with the whole um, trial thing, mm-hmm. I feel like you could kind of be like. Eh, okay, he's just the poet. Like, he's just flighty and, you know, whatever. It works for them, so it's whatever. But then he sold the dude out. Yeah. No, like, but think about it this way. Like, Which also, side note, court cases, also not frugal. Okay. Continue. I mean, I think they're more frugal than, like, other forms of law. (laughs) I think I'll pay the price of a fair trial. (laughs) But, anyway... Um, I was going to say, it would just, would it not have been a better character arc for Dylan had he not, like, him and Vera had, like, a final, con- like a final conversation where she was like, I'm never going to be with you, just do me this solid, and don't be an asshole. Mm-hmm. And if he had just been like, I have to protect what's mine, and, like, I don't know, like, like, and have that kind of inner struggle, and then would have been like, all right. Yeah, no, he's not a bad dude. And then, like, left Vera without saying anything. Like, I'm done with this as well. Like, that would have been at least a character growth for Dylan. Like, he he finally got over. Like, he was going to stay with Kat and be a good person and correct his crooked ways. Mm -hmm. But instead, that's, like, the last thing we see of him is being an asshole. He gets into a car. We don't even get to see him do, like like, a wave goodbye. He's just like, yeah, this war veteran, he he tried to kill us. Nope, there's nothing wrong there. He and he just came with intent. But <laughs> like, oh, cool. And now the other protagonist, uh, Cat, is just gonna go live with him. You know what I mean? Like, not frugal writing. I want to deduct a point for weird characters. <laughs> I don't know. This is actually based on a true story, so I guess I shouldn't fucking. It's probably real. That's probably why. Is I it really? Based yeah. On a... Um. Well, that actually, we can segue into our segment. I mean, our World segment. War II, that's true, but <laughs> characters. Um, but yeah, but no, we can segment into our one of our favorite segments, uh, Thrifty Trivia. Thrifty Trivia! Um, this one actually does have quite a bit of trivia. Hooray! <laughs> so, we'll talk about it. I was wondering what you were going to do. Um, so, uh, yeah, this is based on a real thing with real people, supposedly. I said it on purpose, so don't be mad. <laughs> um, the producer, Rebecca Gilbertson, is the granddaughter of the real people played by Kira Knightley and Cecilian Murphy. Um, also, Kira Knightley uh, does all of her own singing in the film. I wondered about that because, like, it was good, but it was the kind of good that just sounded like maybe it was the actual actress and not a dub, you know? Like, that's really interesting. Apparently this movie went through a number of rewrites and had different, like, plans and stuff. Apparently the film's title is actually, like, shown throughout the movie occasionally. What do you mean? Like, it's subtly shown in part throughout the film in various places, most notably after we see Caitlin's affair. It appears in this as a silhouette in the curtain. So I guess, like, in the background, it's like... Whoa. Right? Ooh. There, we have no way of proving that, so sorry if it's wrong. 
Yeah, it was like apparently this film went through a number of rewrites and stuff, uh, and like the last being that Lindsay Lohan was going to play um, Caitlin's part, Cat's mm-hmm. part. I could see that, but I'm glad that didn't happen. Yeah, they also uh, when they wrote the movie, they had Keira Knightley in mind for Cat's part as well. Huh. Um, other than that, it's a bunch of stuff that's not majorly. The screenwriter is Kira Knightley's mother. Huh. 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 There's some goofs. There isn't, nor ever was, a railway station at New Quay, Wales. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, also, Kira Knightley does a, like, Welsh accent, which is a little closer to Scottish in sound. Which I'd never heard her do a not British accent or not American. I've, I think I've heard her do an American accent like once. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just, it took me a second because I was like, is she not doing a British accent? Because mm-hmm. it's very similar to my American ears. So, you know, I forgot Kira Knightley was in uh, uh, the Intimidation game. Oh my god, and she was so good. She was so good in that. I forgot about she's that. She's just great. All right, she's pretty great. Anyway, um... Mm-hmm. That was Thrifty Trivia, by the way. Thrifty Trivia! <laughs> so, Kira Knightley also works and continues working as long as she can um, until she gets super preggers. That's frugal. Having kids, not frugal. Did um, you say super preggers? Yes. So... I want to make a superhero called Super Preggers. <laughs> Super Preggers. Um, Here she comes. I, I just want to clarify my statement because we, we've discussed before that having kids inherently cannot be determined to be frugal or not. Like, that's Wait. its own thing. And we can't just make something not frugal because there's children. Yeah. So, um, I want to dig into that a little bit more. Before Kira gets... Like, when she's just beginning to think, like, I'm I'm pregnant, she tells Kat, hey, I'm going to keep singing forever and no one's going to stop me. And Kat's like, not when you're pregnant, you dummy. Because the whole point's that you look pretty. Uh, and as far as I can tell, Vera does stop working entirely once she has her kid. Mm-hmm. Um, not frugal. Okay. I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm going to throw this out there. Uh, you referred to that actress, this main actress, by her first name, and I've never heard that. And I immediately thought of Death Note, because her name is Kira. And I, <laughs> <laughs> and I just said, uh, if you don't know, Death Note is an anime, and it's about this guy who pretends to play a, a, a god, basically. He goes by Kira, and he kills a bunch of people. Um, so maybe, maybe Kira Knightley. <laughs> What if she's Kira? What if she has the Death Note and a Shinigami? We're getting oh very niche. Oh my god. Yeah. But it's a possibility. And I, there's nowhere to go with that. But um, if you're listening, Kira, um, for, uh, my name's James Taylor. We'll just go that. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Also, shooting that freaking house, not frugal. You were talking about words earlier. I think that's a very... Very good point. I think that might be what ultimately, like, cinches this deal. Mm-hmm. Because uh, shortly before going to the bar and having his breakdown, William is in the kitchen at Cat and um, 
Dylan's. Dylan's house, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're all getting ready to have, like, breakfast or lunch together or something. And the record's on, and everyone's dancing, and it's kind of loud and, like, chaotic for him because he's having post-traumatic stress. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't say or do anything about it. He just suffers through it painfully. So I feel like it. at some point they all noticed, and they were like, you, you okay? I get that it's... It's easier said than done. Yeah, I, I really I do guess, get that. I guess but. just just to kind of curb that is just by saying that it would be frugal if you need help, get help. Yeah, the, yeah. The rich comedy vein. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's true. Yeah, I mean, you got a point. If you need help, get help. Mm-hmm. Um, Kira Knightley, Vera, <laughs> sorry. Vera tries really hard. She keeps being like, talk to me. And again, I get that it's not easy. Yeah. But no. I think we could have, like, words are important. And sure. if you yeah. have support, try to take advantage of the support that you have. Or go go find support. From there, uh, I think that all of Dylan's friends were very not frugal. Lots of drinking. Lots of drinking. So much drinking and very little money making. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Follow your passion. But uh, I don't feel as though Dylan really did much to, uh, you know, contribute to his life that he is having built around him through his passion either, you know. Yeah. Kind of making others suffer for the sake of, well, that's just who I am kind of thing. He was the worst character ever I've ever seen in a movie. I hated him. I hated Dylan Thomas. But I'm a poet. Yeah, I hated him. He was awful. <laughs> Bad. Is this movie frugal, though? What do we no. think? No, I don't think it's frugal either. Not frugal. Not frugal. I think that we've had several episodes on love. Um, love. Yeah. Marriage. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just think that this is an example. What about, um, was love, uh, love is all that is... Love is Enough, or whatever that movie was called. Love is All There Is. Love is All There Is. Was that frugal or not frugal? I believe we went with not frugal. Yeah, you said um, not frugal. Marriage is frugal, weddings are not. Right, got it, okay. So, um, I feel like this lesson could have almost saved that as well. Like, um, we just, well, the lesson for this one is just be talk it out, yo. Just use your words. Use your well, words. I liked what you were saying earlier with like, Words are cheap. Use them. Like, words are cheap. Act. Well, wait. Fuck. <laughs> words are cheap. Action. Talk. Talk is cheap. Actions are expensive. So you use the cheapness of the words. Yes. That was. That. I am the poet. <laughs> I am the poet of this house. I've used my words so well. Now it's your turn to use your words. Thanks, some people, Donna. Um, thank you, Milkshakes, for being with us today for this recording. Mm-hmm. Thank you to the listeners out there listening right now. You're wonderful for tuning in. It just brings a tear to my eye. Just one, though. Just one, and now it's gone. Um, thank you to Sarah Anastasia for our cover art. You can find a link to more of her stuff in the description. Uh, 
You can also find a link to more of the Lounge Kitten stuff in our description, and they do the cover of Dirty Deeds that you hear at the beginning and end of our podcast, and sometimes the middle. And I also want to thank Anchor for hosting our podcast. Uh, They're a great host. They distribute your podcast everywhere, and they also have a way that you can support our podcast through Anchor. So if you're interested in a, you know, uh, I'd say investing monthly in the bargain ship uh check us out on anchor and pick a comfortable amount the bargain ship yeah that's what i'm calling it so also if you want a non-monetary way to contribute to the bargain in go to itunes and rate and review us um just search our podcast Scroll on down to where it says five stars and then, you know, give us five stars and write a little review. And we'll read it on live on the air every Wednesday morning at 5 a.m. as if I would ever be awake at that time. Maybe. And, uh, you know, say your name a lot. Mm-hmm. Just, Just like a- the one-tenth of one percent. Damn, one-tenth of one percent. Killing the game. You can kill a tenth one-tenth of one percent. <laughs> Don't do it, though. Um, but you can dethrone them from the uh, iTunes rating system in our Bargainer um, by writing us a review. Mm-hmm. And be the next Bargainer. Mm-hmm. I got distracted because there's a podcast called the Ron Burgundy Podcast. I didn't know that was a thing, but it's, it is. Just, hey, if you didn't, don't go listen to that. Listen to us more, but <laughs> Ron Burgundy Podcast has been out for like a couple of years now, and they only have 10 episodes, like 15 or so. Whoa. Yeah. Get, get it, you're Ron Burgett, you're Will Ferrell, you can just make a couple episodes, have 10,000 ratings on iTunes, no big deal, I'm Ron Burgundy, you know, like, oh, that would be, oh, you know what, here, fine. You know what? What? If all of our listeners tell two friends about our podcast, and then all of those two people tell two friends, and then those two people tell two friends, we're gonna have like twenty listeners next week. It's true. I'm Brandon. I'm Donna. And pinch those pennies. And stay frugal. Brandon wrote, "I'm Ron Burgundy." That'll give us that ten thousand. <laughs> Dirty deeds and the dirty. <laughs>